Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. five-star life show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm here in studio with the amazing Coach Mia, my co-host. Thank you, Seth. Glad to be back in the studio. Back in action? Yeah. It's a great day. We got a great show today. We just filmed a lesson for um, for our students talking about, we're, we're in this theme uh, that's, that's labeled rule, which means to take control or to have dominion over something. And we taught a lesson teaching kids how to rule or have control or dominion over their relationships and a very specific portion of relationships that's very important to to kids, also important for adults, the relationship we have with our teachers and our coaches. That's such a great lesson and, and so timely. Really important. Uh, so, you know, th- this whole idea of uh, having relationships with teachers and coaches it's easy for people to listen and just go, ah, I'm clicking off of this one because it doesn't apply to me. Not so fast. Mia, do you have coaches, teachers in your life as a grown woman? Yes, I do. What does that look like? What do you mean? Well, I have a trainer that I consider a coach. Um, and teachers, I mean, I'm, I consider you a teacher. My husband, who's also my boss, I consider him a teacher. <laughs> So th- this is interesting because I think a lot of people, I mean, we're almost programmed as kids to think about life in terms of I'm finally out of school, don't have to learn anything, don't have to be taught anything anymore. I, but I think most people probably listen to the show are beyond that and think about, man, I, I'm always, I'm ever learning, ever growing. Who are the teachers? Who are the coaches in my life? So this is for everybody. Can I say something too? The other thing that I thought of is if you have kids in school, their teachers are your teachers and their relationship is your relationship. That's how I see it Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, it's a big deal, especially the younger they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to know everything about that teacher. That relationship is really important. Uh, So I 100% agree. And you want to help them navigate that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So there will be some great tips in here. But, you know, when we think about teachers, What's the first, like, is there a person that came to mind? I go back to grade school. I had great grade school teachers that I loved. Mr. Dance. Um, so you're thinking about, you dog. automatically went to the positive. Yeah, oh, yeah. You thought about, pot, like, the teachers that you loved. Yep. Yeah, okay. So Mr. Dance, why? Uh, he was just fun. He, you know, it, it was social studies. It was, he was, we always got to play kickball. He was just a cool teacher. Very cool. So there is, at my son's school, there's, a person with the last name Dance there. Oh, okay. What if, what if they're related? Mary Kay Dance? You know what? I think they are. Wow. Yes, I do. Very cool. Uh-huh. And she's really cool too. Yeah. Cool couple. Mm-hmm. So you think of Mr. Dance. Uh, anybody else come to mind? Gosh, Mrs. Throm. She was uh, math and I loved math. Um, gosh, uh, Mr. Van Gogh in high school. He was English. He was fun, different. 
And he was there forever. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Mr. Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and how long goes this? Is like, this is grade school, middle school, high school? or, or? Uh, Grade school. Well, middle school, I guess. Catholic school, it's all one. You okay. Know, we didn't break it apart. Got um, it. And then high school, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, for me, Mr. McClellan, my basketball coach, um, Mr. Grifka, my math teacher, Mr. Anthus, my history teacher. So, Mr. Anthus, he turned me on to knowing things about the past. And he just, he was a brilliant teacher because it was it was like story form. He brought the story within history. So it was it was like storytelling. That, that's what the class felt like to. So everybody got great grades because, and everybody knew everything because he made it so interesting. Yeah, he threw facts and dates in there, but it was about what really happened, how it went down, so you could remember it. It was like history is actually fun. Mm-hmm. Mr. Grifka. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big math person, um, but Mr. Krifka, he he made math so fun. So, man, ninth grade, tenth grade, taking whatever, um, advanced math. I, you know, I loved this class. He made it engaging. And then my coach, uh, I I model a lot of how I coach after him. He was a phenomenal coach um, back in the day. But others, maybe people listening, they went dark. Maybe they went to like, maybe you had a horrible experience with a teacher and that's where you went and I had some of those. How about you? Not, not you listening in names. I'm not going to throw anybody in the bus here. I really didn't have any horrible experiences. I had obviously ones that you didn't like or, you know, I almost can't remember them because mm-hmm. they didn't have an impact, but right. I didn't have a bad situation with anybody. Yeah, I didn't have any, I didn't have any horrible teachers either. Um, some people that I didn't get along with, like got thrown out of their class a few times and just a little clash, a little personality clash. Okay. I, can't, I cannot even imagine that. But. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because we can have, we think of the, the worst teachers and coaches, we think about the best teachers and coaches. Coaches, I think I, I'm quicker to identify coaches that maybe I didn't connect with, had a bad experience with just because in sports, it's a little more dramatic. If you have a disconnect, it means like they either hurt you because they didn't play you or they were nasty to you or something. So I think for athletes listening, I bet most of you, there are probably some sharper memories when it comes to coaches on the bad side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is a big deal thinking about like uh, the, the relationship you have with these people. And I just did this lesson for kids because I, I wanted to, to go back and teach them. I wish I would have known back then what I'm teaching kids today, that you don't have to have a a, a toxic relationship with any teacher. Yeah, we have our favorites. We have those teachers we all love, but you're going to have teachers maybe you don't get along with or you don't like for whatever reason, but you don't actually have to have a bad relationship even with the teachers you don't really connect with. You can have a, you can rule your relationships. Um, and, And it comes down to, treating teachers and coaches the way you want to be treated back. So, so treating others, that's the five select definition of respect. So this is easier said than done because many of us, culture has shifted. Kids today grow up hearing from their parents too in response to teachers as far as their mindset, their view towards teachers, like, yeah, you don't need to respect them unless they respect you. Like respect, and I tell people in trainings all the time, respect is no longer a gift that the young give to the old. That, that Those, unfortunately, as a whole, there's still pockets of the country where, where kids respect their elders. But unfortunately, 
It's not really that way anymore. It, you have to earn their respect. So that's the mindset kids come in with. Like if my teachers, if they do something that sh- that I feel disrespected, they could just be giving an assignment. They could just look at you funny. They could be holding you accountable. They could be demanding excellence. But if I don't like that, then I no longer have to treat them with respect. That's the new philosophy. That's the new world we live in, just as teachers. That's what they get in the classroom. A lot of pushback. They don't get the support from parents like they used to. They get pushback. Mm-hmm. So how do you help kids like navigate through that? So it, it all comes down to, to mindset. So the reason that, and there's a lot of statistics and a lot of data to support this. So we have a, I want to define a relationship because there's a lot of kids that they don't see the value in having a relationship with their teacher. Like, what does it matter to me? Why does it matter to have a good relationship with a teacher or coach? Athletes, they know better. They know that coach puts me in the game. They determine what role, what position I'm going to play. So I'm going to work on that relationship because there's a real consequence based on that quality of the relationship. But for teachers, it's a little bit different. A lot of kids don't get it. There's a big disconnect. Like, why, why would I respect teachers? Why would I have a relationship? Why would I focus on a relationship with a teacher? And a relationship, by definition, it's defined as the way in which uh, two different people or two different groups think about, regard, or behave toward each other. So, so how you think about, how you regard, how you behave. And what we have, you look at research, right now we have a relationship epidemic in our country as it relates to teachers and students. It's, there's an epidemic. So a, a recent study, one that just came out this year, showed that 44% of teachers in this survey responded saying that they had been physically attacked by a student while teaching. Over 50% said that they'd had personal property damaged by a student. And 75% of teachers said that they've been verbally harassed in some way in the last year by a student. This is an epidemic. Mm. And all of that has led teachers over 50% of teachers to say, I am looking for an exit. I am going to be transferring jobs. I'm going to be quitting this profession. So you think about the relationship that kids and teachers have. It is, it has reached a boiling point in this country. So for the first time in, in America, kids in many schools the rule as a whole is it's become normalized to treat teachers with disrespect. It's crazy. It is crazy. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back more after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. 
Welcome back. Coach Seth here, your host, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. So we've been, you know, before the break, you asked a question like, Seth, what, how, how do you help kids understand the importance of having a relationship with their teachers and coaches, especially, again, not not the ones they already have a great relationship with, but the ones that they're, they're just tempted to avoid. Like, what's the big deal? And I would say, you know, kids listening to our program, when you start talking to them about respecting teachers and coaches, it's easy to do for the teachers you love and coaches you love, but it's almost pointless to some of them to respect teachers and coaches. The athletes have no problem. There's real ramifications. The honor students, the college-bound students, kids in honors classes, they get the value of, so my son as a teacher that he doesn't like, doesn't get along with. Um, there's some some interesting uh, political biases and differences. And so there's a clash. And so, you know, I'm like, so you're going to talk to your teacher? He's like, no, I'm not talking to my teacher. I want to show respect. I don't want to, he grades my papers. He grades my projects. I don't want him to misunderstand how I approach him. So I just kind of sit there, do my work. That's, that's his way of showing respect to his teacher mm-hmm. because he, he doesn't think he can challenge this teacher. Right now in a, in a pure educational setting, when you think about pure education, the goal that every teacher has is that their kid, like they're approachable and those kids can challenge them, can ask those questions. But this particular t- teacher ca- kind of shames and blames kids that do that. He doesn't like that, which is interesting, mm-hmm. which always tells you something about the person. But what I loved about him is he recognized like I, I still, I don't, I don't enjoy a lot of the conversations and things. I think he's biased. I, I don't like it. But he's showing respect to his teacher, not just purely out of respect for the teacher, but he recognizes, like, I need to have a good relationship. I need to show respect because he could be biased and he could, he could mess with my, with my grades. He, I've heard he's done it to other kids. So that's just wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So, so again, he's a he's an A student. He's in honor class. He's in AP classes. So high flyers get that. Like, I'm not going to be petty here and just be disrespectful back just because I can because there's something on the line for me. But there's a lot of kids that they're not there. Well, and I think that those situations obviously are, you know, are real. And I mean, what I'm somebody that that's probably is not as wise, you know, and would have went and said something. And I would have jeopardized my grade, but I would have felt like, you know what, this is what relationships are, you know, you you, t- you work these things out. But like in this case, it doesn't seem like even if you, if I went to them that the, it could be worked out. Yeah. So, so he actually um, has watched some other kids kind of step out and, and he himself has done a little bit, but you know, he's with kids that, that value education and they talk about it and they learned that, oh yeah, this so-and-so a couple years ago did that. And they, that, that student got flunked. Like they didn't pass the class. They're a bright student, but they didn't pass the class because of, you know, that teacher didn't want to be challenged, didn't want to have those conversations. And I'm guessing there's, I'm sure there was a certain level of disrespect that the, that the student had. Like it probably wasn't pretty, right? <laughs> yeah. There's always two sides to the story. Yeah. So, but it's interesting. So, but what about kids who, they're just not there. They don't care. Like the, this teacher is disrespectful to me. 
And um, I, I don't see the value in this. Uh, what is what is the point? Um, and, and that's a that's a good question. Um, that that kids really and parents sometimes you're like, how do I help my kids that don't they don't see the value in respecting a teacher when that teacher's either disrespected them or done something they don't like? Because as a parent, you hear some of the stuff that's going, you're like, what is why is that? Mm-hmm. And again we're huge fans of teachers and education. Okay. We're talking about the random teachers that kids don't connect with. Um, but it, it, it really comes down from a student perspective to shifting your mindset and understanding that the, the reason that we, we don't show respect to teachers is because we dehumanize teachers. So if you don't care about the relationship you have with a teacher, if a, if a kid doesn't care, and if we as adults, if we don't care about someone, that's a really slippery slope and very dangerous. So the, the word dehumanize, and you break it down, it's, it's the word de-weed means away from, down from, or off of. You put them together, it's off of, down from, or away from being human. The reason that kids disrespect teachers so much so that they're leaving like an exodus, the profession. The reason that the TikTok slap your teacher challenge, kids see it and actually repeat it, slapped their teacher. The only way you do that is if you dehumanize someone. You don't see them as human. This is the same thing that created what Nazis did to Jews, to blacks, to non-whites. Dehumanize them. They weren't human. They were animals to be caged. Same reason slave owners in America dehumanized slaves. They weren't human. They were less than human. The the root of why we don't show respect to anybody is because they've done something we don't like. We've done something they disagree with. So now we they're down from being human in our minds. That's the only way we can justify disrespectful behavior. Isn't that weird how we lower the bar? We, we treat others who disrespect us, we treat them as non-human instead of treating them the way we want to be treated, even if they're not repeat, uh, bringing it back to us. This is a, this is a big problem for kids, though, mm-hmm. because they don't realize that they're spending, the average kid spends 30 hours a week in school. In high school, it's closer to 40. So they're spending a whole lot of time, and whether they realize it or not, it's not just sitting there learning content. They are being programmed, and they're learning habits about how they're going to interact with adults. And so if you create the habit of not caring about a relationship, of dehumanizing another person, of disrespecting another person, that habit will follow that kid the rest of their life. So it, it and this is, this is harsh, but the kids who are disrespectful to teachers and who are dehumanizing teachers today will be the same people as adults that will be uncaring, will be disrespectful, and will dehumanize their supervisors, their bosses later on. 
If they don't learn this now, they will struggle with it for the rest of their life, and they will, instead of learn to respect people they maybe disagree with or don't get along with, they will just leave. They will job hop for the rest of their career. No, it makes sense because those same people too, you're just, you know, you're dehumanizing if you go to, to you know, get gas or go into, you know what I mean, a grocery store. You, you can't keep it in the classroom. You take that everywhere you go. Yeah, so, so and this is, this is the, one of the core problems with America right now. Right, it, it, there's a, there's a terminology in video games right now called uh, NPCs, non-player characters. So you play a video game, and you know you're you're a, you're in the game, you're playing a role in the game, but there are all these non-player characters. They're, they're they populate it with random civilians, people that are in there. They're not playing the game, but they're just in there. This is how American culture has really start to operate unless they're with me and for me and with my crew. It's almost like everybody else is an NPC. They don't really matter. Why should I care about them? Why should I show respect to them? They're irrelevant. And that is why the, the nation, the world has become so cold is because people really don't care. Again, this is not everybody, but this is a trend that is Look at what's happening in education right now, the trend with kids to adults. Fast forward 15, 20 years and think about how that culture is going to grow up and slide. This is what we're going to see playing out if we don't turn it around. Yeah, and that's why we're here. And that is why we're here. So we're going to take a quick break. In the meantime, go to Five Star Life. If you're not driving, if you're in front of a computer or your smartphone, check us out. If you've heard about our programs, the impact we're having on kids, you've heard about our curriculum, if it's not in one of your local schools, you can help be a champion. Bring that to your community, to your city. Go to fivestarlife.org today. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E. Welcome back, Coach Seth here, your host and in-studio here with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thanks, Seth. Our conversation is is a little heavy, I think. Um, So you've got to shed some light on this and give us some hope of how we can turn this around. Well, it it, it comes down to, it's so simple. It it, it is living by the five-slide value of respect. So um, ultimately, kids, they do care but they just aren't thinking. So they're in front of smartphones or video games almost all the time. And if you don't have conversations with them about these things, they can be a part of the problem. But if you just sit them down, the lights will go on as you have a conversation like this with them. The lights will come on and they'll think, man, this, this is weird. The other thing, too, is I mentioned it earlier, is that, you know, these relationships with teachers and coaches are also yours as a parent. Um, and you have to stay engaged. You have to talk to your kids. You have to find out what's happening. And, and, you know, some of it, 
I mean, I think all kids, oh, you know, they're going to gripe a little bit. But, but you, you can't just wash that aside. You really have to listen and find out how much you need to get involved. One of the things that, you know, I encourage parents to ask their kids is ask the question, when was the last time that you asked yourself the question, my teachers, my coaches, how is their life going right now? Simple question, simple thought. Mm -hmm. The other question is, have I in the last semester or the last year justified treating a teacher with disrespect because of something they did or just because I didn't like them? If so, isn't that the very definition of dehumanizing someone? So because they did something you don't like, now they're off human. They're below human all of a sudden because of what they did. That's standard culture right now, isn't it? Why are teachers like kind of in this category, though? It, it seems like they are taking the brunt of all of this. That's because they're with kids eight hours a day, right? Yeah. But, and, and less people want to do that. It's a mission. It's a calling. But they're taking the brunt because they're, they, they are passionate about kids. They want to help. But we need society. We need parents. This is why, a little segue, this is why our Five Star Life app is, is such a great tool for parents. Because if you're not having these conversations with your kids, you don't step into the halls of the school very often to see what, what, what teachers are going through. You don't step in there to, to feel the shift. And this app, it's an incredible tool so that you can start to take your kids through this program, through these discussions to start helping them process this stuff. Otherwise, cult, they, they could get swept away with culture that down the tube because for the first time in American history, it's now become normalized to treat teachers as less than human with disrespect. Well, I don't have to do the work. You can't tell me what to do. Kids know their rights. They know that, unfortunately, so with some of the legalities, administrators' hands are tied. There's, I mean, you, you can't, how do you discipline kids today that are acting up? You can't lay your hands on them. Parents will sue you. Well, back in the day, when I grew up, teachers could defend themselves, right? Mm -hmm. if, a, if a kid was being defiant and disrespectful, there were consequences. Today, there's very few consequences. And because the school system, the teacher, and the parent are not on the same page. They're not on the same page. When they are on the same page, discipline works pretty easy. When parents kind of support, like, okay, John did this. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> this is on you, man. This is on you, sister. Uh, there's less and less of those conversations because parents feel like they need to support their kids no matter what. Because the pendulum has swung and, well, look at them. They're distraught. They're sad. They don't like their teacher. They're being mistreated. They don't feel safe in their classroom. They feel like, and again, there's situations where that's legit. But as a, as a rule, um, kids have, have learned, many kids have learned how to get out of consequences. And kids are, I mean, kids are selfish <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> kids are selfish um it, it, it's just just reality that is not a knock on kids but th they are dependent on someone else caring for them 
So they don't have the full responsibility of paying bills of taking care of themselves. So, so they don't get that yet. So they're thinking about themselves. That's why they're kids. That's children. They're childish. They're thinking all of themselves. They're not adults yet. But if adults could recognize that and, and, and could actually help their kids ask themselves some questions before just jumping on the bandwagon of whatever your kid says, there's always two sides. And uh, it's real simple. It's old-fashioned. But before you jump on either side, make sure you hear objectively both sides of the story before jumping to conclusions. That sends a message to your kids that, okay, my parent loves me, they're supporting me, but they're going to find the truth. And then the story often changes, <laughs> right? Right. And as a parent, you've got to want to find the truth. I mean, I know a lot of parents that go in there, they're just blinded and they don't want the truth, um, but that doesn't help your child or well, the teacher. Right. And I, here, here's another whole point here. I think sometimes as parents, we work with a lot of parents, and sometimes as a parent, you, you feel like a failure because it's the hardest thing in the world to do. And so you're always looking for ways to connect, especially if they're an adolescent. You're looking for ways to reconnect with your kids. And so sometimes it's through the form of, hey, right now they're having a problem. I can comfort them and help them. That helps my connection with them. And so sometimes we do it out of insecurity instead of being the parent and recognizing, no, I can totally support you, um, but you've got to take some responsibility here. So I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to empathize with you. I'm not going to jump on the other sides, uh, on the other side against you. I'm going to support you, empathize with you. Let me say, well, we need to, we have to talk to the school. We have to sit down and talk to them. And you listen objectively. You don't go in defending anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard to do. Gosh, I was thinking <laughs> when I grew up, my parents were just like, oh, you know, like they listened, but it was like, you know what, suck it up and get back to school. <laughs> yeah. For those yeah. days. Uh-huh. It was definitely different. It was yeah. like, ah, you screwed up. You get to uh, bear the consequences of your decision, mm-hmm. um, which there's definitely, you know, we work with parents that do the same thing for sure. They're, they're out there. Um, it's just people are on edge. And if people can start to, to start to realize like this, the simple value of respect, you know, because parents were dehumanizing teachers by jumping on the bandwagon. We're not treating them with the same level of respect. We're not treating them the way we would want to be treated. Like if, if, it, was, if it was a role reversal and the kid was telling the school all kinds of awful things that were happening at home, <laughs> right? Yeah. Would you want that teacher to just take their word and call CPS and just like support them? Or do you want them to say, oh my goodness, this is, this is incredible, um, but we do want to talk to your parents. This this is a sticky. This is a very sticky subject right here, right? Right. Yeah. Because you have to you have to report. I mean, certain things have to be reported. But I'm talking about attitudes. I'm talking about defiance. I'm talking about disrespectful behavior, not abuse. So this this is important to to kind of think about. Uh, have you dehumanized the teachers, the coaches in your life? Gosh, I think of um, my grandson, you know, he's in third grade now and um, he's had a few, you know, issues and I'm just so proud though of my daughter and her husband, the way that they have truly, they've listened to him 
but they've also, you know, like, let's go in, let's talk, let's do this. But they're also in a great school. It's a neighborhood school. Parents all know each other, you know, so it's, it's kind of that old model. Yeah. You know, by the time you got home that somebody else's mom already knows what you did mm-hmm. and, you know, they're all yep. on the same team. So I think that's cool, too. I think there's some parent groups, too, that, yeah. you know, all are trying. You're all wanting the same thing for the kids and the teachers. Well, and as a parent, it's important that you have some when you're when your kids are younger, it's easy to have a relationship with those with those elementary teachers. Right. Because they're sending work home. You feel like you're getting to know that teacher. There's check ins. Once you get to middle school and into high school, it's almost like kids are on their own. And so it, when there's relationship issues or great issues, it's where parents have to almost reinsert themselves and start engaging again. Otherwise, you your kids can float down the river and, and, and be in a bad spot in a hurry. That's hard as a parent, too, because you kind of wait for that time that they can be a little more independent and you don't have to be as involved. But nowadays, I mean, you really, it's more than ever. You have to be involved need to be involved and we are out of time for this segment we'll be right back after this five-star life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350 acre training facility that we call summit these programs focus on three core components first each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids mindset secondly each program teaches a skill like equine archery blacksmithing basketball fishing boating and many more Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back. Coach Seth here, and I am in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. So we're in our last segment. We've talked about a lot of um, things and with teachers and um, kids, but how? give us some pointers. Like, Walk us through some steps. Well, I, I want to shift it back to adults listening because this is, I think we've been given a lot of pointers for how to help kids, but one of the biggest challenges is this. What if you were that kid and now you're an adult and you have struggled with those relationships with bosses, um, supervisors, uh, or, or, or even with, people in your life that have been mentors or influential influencers and 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 now now you have a choice to make because they're challenging you they're pushing you and it's so tempting just to distance yourself from those people and that that is the worst thing in the world you can do to people that are truly your teachers and your coaches in life when they're coaching you or giving you lessons that are hard or they're holding you accountable to a higher standard and you want to get out of that situation, that's when you need to hang in there the most. I, I've, I've learned that. And that's, that's how you have longevity of mentoring relationships. It, it's, it's how you deepen those relationships with teachers, with the coaches in your life. But again, it's really hard because there's times where those people challenge you and they're trying to raise the bar and you don't like it. That's very difficult. But think about think about where your life is, where you want to go. And there there are times when 
you graduate from a certain mentor. You don't need to spend as much time. You got the lessons, you're moving on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when a teacher or a coach or something is challenging you, but you're resisting. And the question I'd ask kids, the question I'd ask you is, what good does resisting do? Makes you feel comfortable in the moment, but whatever you're doing, apparently you know it, they know it, is beneath you. And the only way you can move forward is to stay in there and take heed to what they're saying. This is, this is hard for kids to do when a teacher challenges them to do something or with a really tough project. You can either hang in there or you can give up, right? But, but it, it really does, going back to what we talked about kids, it really does shape you. These become habits. These become personality traits. And it, it's one of those things that I have made a, a, a very intentional decision that I want to be the mentee that the mentors, the coaches love to think about and talk to. Like, I want the, the, the people that have coached me and mentored me, I want them when they're sitting, you know, at home at night, thinking about the investment of time they've put into people in their life and they're thinking about their own legacy. I want, I want them to think about me. I, I want them to be, because they put time and effort and energy into me. And that's valuable. That's the most valuable commodity we have, our time. And so I'm weird like that. I think about these things. But when I'm with them, I'm thinking, what am I going to learn here today? And it's, it's the key to living this five-star life where you're constantly growing, constantly getting the most out of, out of, your, out of your life. We have so much potential, Mia. We do. And I, I love that you come, you know, asking yourself, what can I learn from them today. You know, most of us come and you don't want to be their number one. <laughs> you, you know, I don't need one more meeting. I don't need one more, you know, cup of coffee. Um, and then I think sometimes too, it's like, what can I say? It's like you want to become almost their teacher. Um, and I just think that's so wise to sit back. And I think that in times in my life when I've had the wrong attitude are the times that, you know, you, you just want to run away. You want to give up. And the times that you do have the the right attitude. I mean, you got to look back and you think, oh my gosh, look, look at how far I've come, what they've taught me. Mm-hmm. There's an old saying, um, the teacher will teach when the student is ready. Mm-hmm. And the, the, that is a, a powerful truth in life. There are teachers everywhere. <laughs> there are so many great teachers and coaches. And if you're listening and you don't, feel like you have teachers and coaches, just ask yourself, why? Is it because the student isn't ready? Is that what it is? Or is it because you need to change your environment? It's going to be one of those two things. But sometimes to change the scenery, like you need to surround yourself with different types of people. And we were just talking about this with parents um, a couple nights ago. And there was a parent that was really frustrated with her, with her son like he's not like he's not getting it nothing's sinking in and i just said listen the seed is 100% uh, profitable it is going to it is going that seed that you planted the seed there's no problem with the seed the seed's going to work 
what you have is you have a soil issue. Like I grew up in farming community. So there's like prime fertile farmland. Soil is black. It, it's, it's moist. It's got their great nutrient mixture. Then there's like, it's farmable. It's okay. And then there's like unfarmable. It's hard. And so I was just telling her, I said, listen, the seed is not the problem. What you're speaking, what you're teaching, what you're doing is not the problem. The soil. How do you, as a parent now, start to think about how do I condition the soil? It's not the seed, it's the soil. So how can I help condition the soil? And one of the things I always tell parents is like, the greatest soil conditioner is love. And sometimes kids, they, they, they what? They don't really care uh, what you have to say. They don't care like how much you have to say. They care like, do, do you love them? Mm-hmm. Do you care about them? And sometimes love is that, it's that thing that conditions soil so that what you're teaching can actually go in. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, that's the question you ask. Why am I not able to receive from this person? What is it? If I dehumanize them, if I, if I lowered the bar, maybe I've realized that they're human. <laughs> maybe they made a mistake. Maybe they didn't treat me perfectly. Guess what? They're human. Does that mean I can't learn anything else from them? Just interesting questions. I think those are all things that we use to justify why we no longer want to learn from them or why we don't have to take heed of the advice that was really good. How many times do you see somebody have an incredible relationship and then it falls apart and you scrap everything you ever heard from them? Biggest mistake in the world. No, you still value that. Relationships change. I'm not saying you have to stay you know, in that relationship forever. But those lessons, don't waste those. And think of the times that you run across those people that don't have those relationships, but how they approach it and what they say. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? We don't talk anymore, but man, we had, you know, great times or man, I learned so much. And you're kind of like, wow, that's cool. It is. It, well, it, it, it's cool because you haven't dehumanized that person. When a person fails you, that's when we tend to dehumanize. We, because we think, well, how could they hurt us like that? How could they do that? And... and all simple stuff, but when you think about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're all human. We are human. And we want people to to look at us and treat us as though we have feelings, we have emotions, we have hopes, we have dreams, we have families, we have goals, and that we're a work in progress. That's how we want people to see us, like I'm not human. So when I make a mistake, I want people to look at me as though I'm human, not as, oh my gosh, I can't believe Coach Seth did or said that. He's a horrible person. I no longer respect him at all. It's like, no, we want people to be gracious to us. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. respect sometimes, sometimes the biggest step you can take to show respect to someone is being gracious to them. Like literally turning the other cheek, forgiving them, letting go, wiping that from your memory. I'm not talking about people that are... <laughs> consistently toxic. I'm talking about right. people that are have influenced you in a positive way. These are these are simple things that will change the longevity of a relationship and, and, and will help you make the investment, plant the seeds in your own relationships. And what goes around comes around. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. Make sure you share this with a friend and go to fivestarlife.org for more information. 
At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.